G'day and welcome to another edition of Authorised, the podcast where writers speak. I'm Kevin Hillier and this time speaking to another debut author about a very fascinating book, an interesting book where uh, a life story and a life uh, experience has become uh, the basis for a, uh, a novel and it's uh, the first novel by Yar Reeves. It's called Over This Backbone. And the backbone of this novel is actually the fascinating and uh, much talked about uh, in many circles, the Australian Alps walking track. Uh, yeah, did it and uh, then uh, took what had happened to her on that journey and turned it into this uh, first novel called Over This Backbone. Fascinating story, good story, uh, entertaining story, and I'm sure you'll be entertained by uh, hearing Yah talk about it. Uh, we'll get to that in just a tick, but a reminder about our fabulous podcast partners and uh, this time of all of our lives, Achieving our financial goals become a little more difficult, hasn't it? Because with interest rates, with mortgage rates, with all the things that are happening in the world to affect our financial picture right now, we need to do some things. Now, uh, if you're like me, you probably don't know how to do those things and you need some people to help you. CSCG are those people. Give them a call on double nine seven four eight triple three. Just pick that phone up, give them a call. Great people to deal with. Uh, they'll look after you. They know what they're talking about. They have experts in every field. Uh, they're ver- a very diverse business in terms of uh, the way they're able to help you and the many fields they're able to help you. You can jump on the website and uh, find out a little more too, cscg.com.au. But if you want to achieve your financial goals, maybe reset your financial goals and then uh, have a realistic picture of how you can achieve them, they're the people to talk to. Give them a call. All right, let's get to our author. And the book is a, a beauty. It's called Over This Backbone. Over This Backbone, your first novel. It is. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's a very exciting time when you when you do that, but this must have been more so because there was so much of you in this. Yeah, that's very, very true. definitely feels like putting a very personal uh, bit of myself out into the world, for sure, even though it is fiction. Yeah. So when did you decide to turn what was your journey, your personal journey, into into a book? It wasn't, it wasn't actually until um, I was contacted or in contact with the publisher. Um, so Robert Watkins was my contact at Ultimo and he, he basically said, do you have any ideas for a novel? And I spitballed plenty of things that had been rolling around. And um, at one point I said, oh, and there is this one thing that I have been thinking about writing about or some version of it. Um, but I've been avoiding it a bit, and uh, this is what it is. And he said, that's it. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> so when did you actually walk the Australian uh, Alps walking track? When did you do it? I walked it um, when I was 19, so I'm 26 now, so uh, a while ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a bit of time. A bit of time has passed, that's for sure. Well, let's go back to that. So you uh, you hand wrote a journal at the time. Is that is that what you did? Uh, how you kept all these things, you know, so fresh in your in your memory? Yeah, I did write a journal, and I've always been a big journaler. But strangely enough, the journal I kept on the Alps track was uh, relatively pathetic. Um, it was <laughs> very mundane, very uh, very much a documentation of day to day things. Uh, how much? How far I walked? if I had any big explosions of emotion that day or just, you know, things that I was noticing along the way. So it wasn't it wasn't a very big, deep dive um, just because I was so distracted by actually doing the walk. Um, but it had all of the necessary things for me to be able to pilfer um, experiences and 
um, helped me kind of structure the book from that journal. So the wonderful chalk outline for what became the book. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, pretty, yeah, my journals have been incredibly helpful, but very much a chalk outline, you're right. <laughs> 680 kilometre journey. Uh, let, let's start at the beginning. Why did, you, why did you want to do that journey anyway? Before there was even a book or a journal or anything, why, did, why was that in your head to do? Yeah, um, well, plenty of reasons. Partly I was uh, in a relationship at the time that didn't uh, wasn't doing good things for me and I was feeling a bit like out of control um, and also just really felt like I needed to, um, I described it as kind of ripping the rug out from under myself. I'd always been a really tough person who had, I've always been able to strive for bigger things. Um, and I just felt myself kind of disappearing within this relationship, but also um, just with where I was at in life and, you know, um, late teens and early 20s are a notoriously um, challenging time and very tumultuous time of life. So um, that was kind of what drew me to doing something big. But the track itself um, was something that my friends in and my communities have spoken about. And I grew up in the mountains. Partly grew up in Dinner Plain, and so I've always felt incredibly connected to the Australian Alps. Um, and this was kind of like, oh, well, this is just a track that I could spend, you know, six weeks or a month in the place that I love the most on my own with no one to witness my mistakes and just kind of find my feet again a little bit. Um, and I had a block of time between university degrees and my job ending, um, and so I thought, oh, I'd I'm just going to do it, and I'm, and I'm not going to not going to wait for all the friends who said they're going to join me. Um, I just can't be bothered feeling like I have to shape my life around other people anymore. So I'm just going to do this on my own. Yeah. So that was why you did it. So then you take that uh, that experience and turn it into this this fabulous book that you've done over over this backbone. So where does where does you where do you finish and where does Peter start? <laughs> oh, that is such a good question. I think, I think that Peter Peter started as myself, and many of her motivations started as similar motivations to mine. Um, but I think the thing about fiction is it's quite it, well. You you can make it neat. Um, life is incredibly messy, <laughs> and so I think yeah, I think Peter Peter has a lot of similar. Uh, experiences to me and the shape of who she is like in a really really practical sense and the things that she did and even physical descriptions of Peter it's really hard for me to, to deny that it's it's different from me mm. um but I think Peter's like motivations are very much more boiled down um they're 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 still complex but um there's probably a bit more turmoil in Peter's life than perhaps there was in mine at that time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very hard thing to to kind of separate myself out from Peter. But she does feel like a separate when person you, and character. Yeah, when you make, when you design a character like that, you make it bigger and and kind of bolder and all those things that that you can't do as a human being because of a variety of reasons. But underneath all that, somewhere is is your truth. Absolutely, and, and I think that's what writing is as well. You know, it, it has to come from somewhere. So all of the things that Peter feels and experiences, 
in some way, shape, or form. Of course, I've I've felt and experienced those. Otherwise, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to um, speak to them as I have. So, yeah, there's. Um, but it, I guess it just depends on which part of my life that's come from too. Some of the things that Peter goes through, um, maybe I didn't understand or experience until much later in life, or um, yeah, years, or you know a bit of time after I finished walking the track, yeah. Was it fun to do that? Was it fun to build that character and uh, and take that adventure that you'd had and then make it into into this bigger and bolder and brassier and, uh, you know, more, uh, I guess, uh, epic? Yeah, it was. It was really cool to do that. It was a, quite a strange experience, though, in some ways. Um, creating the book was... Actually, the things that are not really grounded in truth are often the things that are really mundane. (laughs) And the things that are big in the book and weird and completely left of field are mostly things that have been grounded in my experience. So it was a bit strange because what I was kind of doing was like stripping back things that no one would ever believe in a in a fiction, in a novel. Like they'd be like, Why? Why? Um yeah, and it's just because it happened, but it was kind of like I just got to spit all of the experiences out and then kind of pick and choose and shape and let the let the story unfold as it did. It was heaps of fun um, and very cathartic, actually. Oh, yeah, well, I was going to ask, was there, you know, a feeling for you of, you know, uh, finding a whole different person that you – not different person, but uh, finding parts of your personality that you, you, you're happy to put out there? Yeah. I think in ways there was. There was a lot of finding um, finding reasons why I'd pushed against writing about it for so long and, and also, um, yeah, finding elements, finding understanding within that experience that I had through writing about Peter having similar experiences. So, yeah, it was, it was cathartic and um, I, did, I did learn a lot about myself actually in the process. Which is a good thing. Um, it's Always. Not, a, not a spoiler alert for the book, but the book starts at the 560-kilometre mark with an hysterical uh, couple of pages about uh, hey, an, an incident on the uh, on on the trek. Um, did that one happen, or did, was that one made up? Where you where you came across the family? No, that I I think I proudly have to stamp that one as because it, it was wow. it did happen. Wow. It was very fun. It was very funny, um, and it was one of the it was one of the big things that made it into my journal, um, which was it was just too ridiculous to to leave out. I think, and I'm also quite proud of that moment because I think it's so ridiculous. So I, I'm going to claim that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fabulous way to start the book. It, it just it sets up the book in a, in a way for that the nothing that comes after that is going to shock, surprise, uh, or, or, or you know blow your head off. You're just going to enjoy the ride. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, was it a hard book to write when you actually sat down to, to write it? And is it true that you hand wrote it? Yeah. Um, it wasn't a hard book to write. I think the editing process was the hardest bit, which I, I think a lot of people can um, can understand um, or have experienced themselves. Um, the book itself actually wasn't very hard to write at all. I really enjoyed it, and I had it. Um, I had the whole thing kind of laid out, the bones of it laid out before I wrote it. So it was this kind of fun, this fun process of like tripping along to the next. Um, 
the next little vignette or the next chapter um, and then trying to figure out what was the best way to write it. So I actually ended up writing the two storylines um, independently of each other and then weaving them together after writing, which was quite a fun process. But I started writing it as a as as it is with the two storylines kind of interwoven, um, but just felt like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get my head into those two independent storylines, so I ended up um, weaving them and then shifting things around afterwards. Um, and yes, I did write most of it by hand. Um, a big chunk of it I wrote um, in winter when I wasn't at work last year, but for a lot of it, um, because I still work in the field of outdoor education. Um, I kind of had bits of time, maybe an hour or two in the morning before the students woke up um, where I'd just be in my tent and I'd have a coffee and um, write things out by hand or in a hut or in a snow cave or snow kitchen at various points. So, um, yeah, it's quite cool to be really embedded in the mountains and have to do that um, by hand um, throughout. The writing, yeah. It's, it's most unusual. Now, your, your day job is your, your environmental educator, is that right? Yeah, out, outdoor and environmental educator, yeah. So was there part of that um, the, that you felt a, a, that you should include in the book uh, as, as sort of because it's part of you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really hard to unlearn things and I have – delved so much into outdoor and environmental philosophy through my study and through work. And, um, yeah, I, it was just so important to me to weave that into the book. Um, and a lot of the book is kind of set within outdoor education, within the field of outdoor education. There's a really big um, – one of the big kind of locations in the book is a, um, an outdoor education centre, which is based on, based on a place that I did work or it's a version of that. but. Um, yeah, I kind of really, I really wanted to weave this amazing industry into this book in little ways, um, because I think it's just an incredible industry and the people and the communities in it are really amazing and they do an important job in the world today. So I wanted to weave that in as much as I could. And I think I got a bit of it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, will that become sort of a, a part of your, your ongoing, uh, you know, a, a, a framework that you, that you when you write, that you'll use that again? I think I, I don't think I can extract myself from environmental education or outdoor education. I think it's so much a part of who I am and I grew up in those in that field as well. So yeah. I think that a lot of the things that I write are going to be really embedded within place and um, within the outdoors. Um, so I, I really don't – I can't even conceive of myself as not being – <laughs> not having that as part of myself. So I find it really hard to write about it because I don't really know that much about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned you did the trek when you were 19. You're now it's seven years down the track from there. Uh, of, of what, what are you looking at writing now, given that, that this has obviously woken something up in you that uh, you'll continue writing, I, I hope? Yeah, I really, I really would like – I would like to look into – I'm kind of already started playing with something that um, I guess is more fiction. I really love novels and I always have and I probably will continue down that line. So I would love to write something that is a little bit less grounded in like a linear experience that I had and maybe collect characters and incidents and things for my own life in, in not 
so uh, not so clear away, but you know, little bits and pieces that are drawn together. I love the idea of writing about small communities and um, setting stories based in little towns. I'm entirely torn between the ocean and the mountains and the location for where I set whatever the next thing is, is going to be pretty essential to how the story unfolds. So I'm just playing with ideas at the moment um, and have had lots of incredible experiences in my life with the people around me that are rich fodder for (laughs) stories. So there'll be something. I won't stop here, that's for sure. Uh, well, you live at the base of of a mountain, and you and I believe you run daily in the mountains. So, is that more likely to be the uh, the scenario for the next one? I guess so, but I um yeah, I I just love the ocean too. And my family still lives on the coast, and I spent my teenage years on the coast of East Gippsland. So, surfing and those the kind of communities that are built around oceans um, really fascinate me, as well as. Yeah, just, just the way we connect with oceans and ocean creatures. So I'm very torn. <laughs> I really do have two parallel storylines running in my head most of the time and I'm just trying to feel out which one I feel most connected to at the moment. So we'll see what emerges. Have you enjoyed the experience of, you know, the book arriving in the mail and you get to have it in your hands and look at it and see your name on the front cover and go, yeah, I did that? Yeah, yeah. It's been... Um, yeah, it's been an amazing process. I think I didn't know. I didn't. I thought it would be a bit more of a big bang moment when the book arrived. Um, but I think because there's been so much, there's so much lead up and so much editing and various versions that come to you, and you, you know, you see versions of the cover, and then you see a photo of it, and then it arrived finally. Um, so it was a special moment. I thought I would be in tears, but. Um, I wasn't so much. I think seeing other, a lot of people are sending me photos of them reading the book or having the book in their hands. Oh, nice. um, and that is really special. That has been, that kind of has cemented it for me. And that's just been an incredible thing to bear witness to. And I'm very grateful for people sharing the love. What, um, what, someone who walks into a bookshop or walks into a library and sees your book and picks it up, what, what do you want them to know about it before they actually flip to the first page and start having a very, very uh, good laugh at that first chapter? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I tried, I think I tried to get all of the things that you would want to know about the book into even what you could glance from the front cover. So I want people to know that it is wholly grounded in the Australian landscape, and not just in the mountains. It's, it's set in the desert too, and it wears the ocean foot as well. But the the land is really, really woven into this story. But it's also multifaceted. So if you're not an outdoorsy person, um, this story is also about relationships yep. between, yeah, between between people, between um, with parents and children, and it's you know it's got a lot more to it than just the walk. So um, I think that what I've tried to do is weave in enough that anyone reading it would be able to pick up a thread um, and feel connected to it. So, yeah, that's what I would. That's what I'd want people to know. Yeah, the uh, the actual uh, walk itself is is the uh, I guess the the background to everything that happens. The the way you've beautifully woven all the all the relationships and the the trials and tribulations along the way are not all to do with uh, the actual walk, which is is really you've done it really really well. Congratulations on the book. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for that.
Well done and look forward to whatever is coming up in the future and wherever it's set and, uh, and, and what you do with it. Uh, really looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Kevin. Really appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you for having a chat. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. My thanks to Yar Reeves and all the best of luck. I have no doubt whatsoever uh, this very talented uh, lady will be uh, part of our, our reading picture for many, many years to come if uh, this first book is any indication. Uh, it is a beauty in many, many ways. My thanks uh, also to our podcast partners, CSCG. Don't forget, give them a call. If you want to sort out your finances and know where you're going and uh, have a, a clear picture of what it's all about, whether it's your superannuation or, you know, whatever it is in the financial area, they can help you with. Double nine seven four eight triple three csgcomau And wherever you found this edition of Authorised, you can find a whole lot more. We've done plenty uh, with some really fascinating authors, great stories to tell. I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to those as well, as much as I hope you've enjoyed listening to this one. Until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Read a book. It's good fun and it's good for these wintry nights. 